I'm Meredith Vieira. Hello, I'm a Mac. And I'm a PC. Nobody told you that I'm Mud, dear. Mud to the D-E-A. The name's Bond. James Bond. Yes. Amen, amen, amen. We are getting to know God by understanding his names and thus understanding his characteristics. I want you to open your Bible today and turn with me to Genesis chapter 17. Genesis chapter 17. Let me highlight just a couple of things as you're turning. Please stop by our foyer today and pick up your 2012 giving records. If you gave anything at all in 2012, we have, we have a, a, a record of that. We have an envelope with the recording of that, and we would like to get that to you for your tax purposes. You can pick that up today or Wednesday at the very latest. After Wednesday, it will be up to you to come to us and pick that up. It will no longer be out in the foyer. So you just as well stop by and get that today. I think Miss Bonnie and uh, Joan, I don't know, there's a couple people out there working today, and uh, you can get your giving record. Also, uh, the time for nominating someone for uh, a board to serve on our board it's coming to a close very quickly you could still nominate today or Wednesday at the very latest and so if you have been praying about nominating someone please see me or any of the board and we will give you a ballot if you've not been praying about this don't see any of us because I refuse to accept it all oh, y'all should have got on that right there this is so serious, folks. We must be in prayer about who will lead this church. Amen. So pray about it. Then get the, the uh, ballot and then submit that. But you must do it now because once we get past Wednesday, we will not be accepting any more ballots. Amen. Genesis chapter 17. Look at verse number 1. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am Almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. If you have a highlighter or a pen, I would like you to highlight these six words or underline them with your pen. Walk before me and be blameless. If you do not have a pen, borrow one. Ushers can distribute pens to you. I want you to mark this in your Bible. Our Bibles, folks, should be so marked and so well-worn because of over-usage. If your Bible is pristine and as, as clean today as the day you bought it, uh, there may be something wrong, and we may have to have a one-on-one -on -one counseling session. Huh. you got to work your Bible a little bit. Come on, somebody help me today. you got to work your Bible just a little bit every day. You ought to have it rebound. It's just falling apart on you. Overwork it. Amen. You want the Bible in you, you've got to get into the Bible. You want the Bible to work for you, how about working the Bible a little bit? Mark these six words, walk before me and be blameless. Powerful, let me read on. And I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. Somebody say exceedingly. Well, I like exceedingly. I like abundance. I like surplus. I like exceedingly. Then Abram fell on his face 
And God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful. There it is again, exceedingly fruitful. And I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations. For an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. Father, thank you for your word. And I pray all hearts to be open, all ears to be attentive, and that you would transform us today as we get to know you. In Jesus' name, amen. I've got just a little bit of a ring. I don't know if you can get that out or not. If not, I'll switch mics. I grew up listening to Paul Harvey. My dad did, my mother did, and I ended up listening to him, but I really enjoyed it. How many remember Paul Harvey growing up years ago? I love to hear his little, his little uh, uh, tidbits that he had to offer. I, I really enjoyed it. Paul Harvey told about a three-year-old boy who went to the grocery store with his mother. Before they entered the grocery store, she says to the little boy, now, you're not going to get any chocolate chip cookies, so don't even ask. She put him in the cart, and he sat in the little child's seat while she wheeled him down the aisles. He was doing just fine until they came to the cookie aisle. <laughs> he saw the chocolate chip cookies, and he stood up and said, Mom, can I have some chocolate chip cookies? Naturally. She said, I told you not to even ask. You're not going to get any chocolate chip cookies. So he sat back down. They continued up and down the aisles, gathering their groceries. But in their search for certain items, they ended back in the cookie aisle. Mom, can I please have some chocolate chip cookies? She said, I told you, you can't have any. Now sit down and be quiet. Finally, they're approaching the checkout lane. The little boy sensed that this may, may just be his last chance. So just before they got to the line, he stood up on the seat of the car and shouted in his loudest voice, In the name of Jesus, may I have some chocolate chip cookies? Everybody around laughed just like you did right there. Some even applauded, and according to Paul Harvey, due to the generosity of the other shoppers, the little boy and his mother went home with 23 boxes of chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> I'm trying to tell somebody today that there's something that happens when we speak the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> Seriously, I'm having a little bit of fun with this today, but seriously, there's something about the name of Jesus. Situations turn. The atmosphere shifts. Our situations fluctuate, don't they? Demons still tremble at the name of Jesus, and sickness is still healed at the name of Jesus. Does anybody love the name of Jesus in this room here today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Speak that name when you can't speak anything else. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name, isn't there? 
And so we get to know God. We get to know Jesus. That's why I'm taking the time to get to studying God's names and finding out just who he really is. He's already revealed himself to us as Elohim. I wonder if you remember what Elohim stands for. Elohim. There we go. Now you're elaborating just a little bit, but I like it. I like where you're going. <laughs> wow. I love it, Richard. Thank you. Didn't even take any notes, and he's remembering Elohim is eternal creator. He's always been, and he's the creator. How about El Elyon? We studied this name last week. El Elyon. The most high God. There are no other gods, but even if, even if there were the contenders, the pretenders, there's no other God higher than our God. Hallelujah. He is El Elyon. He is the most high God. He's above everything and everyone. And we're getting to know him. Today, God introduces himself as El Shaddai. Hello. My name is El Shaddai. El Shaddai. El Shaddai translates the God who satisfies. This may be one of the most critical characteristics and aspects of God that you will ever understand. El Shaddai. The God who satisfies, the God that is enough, in fact, the God that is more than enough. If you pull this this uh, word apart, L, stands for God. Almighty, all-powerful God. You add Shaddai, and if we just talk about Shad for a moment, Shad translates in the Greek to a woman's breast. This equates for us today the nourishing, nurturing, satisfying aspect of our God. The God that nourishes, the God that nurtures, the God that satisfies. El Shaddai is powerful enough to satisfy all of your needs. I hope you believe that today. In fact, not only is he powerful enough to satisfy all your needs, he has more than enough power and ability to satisfy you. We come through 21 days of fasting. I called this church to 21 days of fasting. And last Monday, the 21st of January, we broke the fast. And on Tuesday, oh, did the meat taste good. Oh, on Tuesday, did the sweets taste sweet. And I don't know if, who, who participated in this Daniel-style fast, but if you did, you understand exactly what I'm talking about. We participated in, in meat again and, and took into sweets again, and oh, it was so good. After we broke the fast, I ate until I was satisfied. 
Well, there's actually a little bit more truth to it than that. I, I, I ate beyond the point of satisfaction. I overate. I was more than satisfied. This is really what God is trying to say to us today. I've got more than enough to satisfy you. I'll take you to the point of satisfaction and beyond. This is who God is to us. The God who satisfies, the God who is more than enough. In our text here, Genesis chapter 17, Abram has a name change. Becoming Abraham on that day and from that day forward. Never to be Abram again. Always to be Abraham. But something far more significant happens than just a name change. God introduces himself to Abraham as El Shaddai, and now Abraham begins to see another side of God. And as he sees another side of God, he begins to understand a vital characteristic of God. I want you to write down four essential aspects today that I'd like you to keep in mind as you get to know El Shaddai. Number one, keep in mind the power of El Shaddai. The power of El Shaddai. Verse number one of our text here, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am El Shaddai, I am Almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. As God introduces himself for the first time to Abram with a new name, El Shaddai, he's telling something about himself to him. He's revealing part of himself to him. He's telling him, I'm almighty. That means every bit of might is resident and housed in God. Almighty all-powerful, I am God. And in telling him, him this, in introducing himself to Abraham in this way, he's telling him that he has enough power to satisfy him. In fact, he has more than enough. Somebody say more than enough. Come on, look at your neighbor and elbow him just gently and tell him, say, God has more than enough. More than enough to satisfy. What satisfaction did Abraham and Sarah even need? Well, let me tell you something. Abraham and Sarah, as many of you know, were unable to conceive and bring forth a child. Meanwhile, everybody else, so it seemed, is not only conceiving and having a child, they had like a gazillion children back then. They would have 8, 9, 12, 15 kids. Very, very common. And all Abraham and Sarah saying, hey, could we just have one? God, please give us a baby. And they had a longing inside of them that would never be satisfied in their own strength and in their own ability. You know, when we first found out that we were going to have a baby, we were both shocked. Karen and I were shocked. This baby was not really part of the, the plan, you know, not part of my plan. Someday, you know, 
right? Someday, but the someday came earlier for us. And Karen said, I'm pregnant. Well, it didn't take long for that plan to get on our plan. And we got so excited about having a baby. So Karen calls the doctor and makes an appointment. And we're going to go, we're going to go see the doctor. Of course, I'm going to go with her, her very first appointment. I'm going to go with her and we're going to find out the due date. And, and I don't know if it's too early to find out a gender or not. You know, I'm so young in it. I, I'm thinking I'll find everything out on that first visit, right? But we're definitely going to find out when this baby is due. So we go to the doctor. And something just kind of shifted in the room. And even the, the demeanor of the doctor's face. And we're like, well, what's, what's wrong? What's going on? And the doctor tells us, well... I can't detect a heartbeat, but don't get too nervous. My machine is, is not that new. And the doctor said, I'm going to send you across the street. And they've got, they've got better machines. They've got newer machines, and, and I'm sure they'll pick up the heartbeat. And I remember Karen and I walking across together hand in hand. And I think we both kind of knew in our hearts that there was not going to be a heartbeat. But you hold out that hope, don't you? And sure enough, they confirmed this baby had died. And Karen had miscarried our very first baby. That's why I just love holding Emily today and letting her, she let me feed her a little bit. Wow. And I know the Medellins have struggled. You've miscarried. I know the Alamans have miscarried. It's hard. Wanting something. Meanwhile, other people are getting pregnant. I mean, people who don't even want to get pregnant. And they're just giving up the babies or killing the babies. And we're saying, oh, God, we could just have a baby, right? Lisa, you know, you feel this? People who have adopted, you understand what I'm saying. You long for something, and nothing will really satisfy that. Of course, God allowed us to conceive and bring forth three kids, and we've got three amazing kids today. Thanks be to God. But it doesn't always turn out like that, does it? Abraham and Sarah are, are longing and hoping and dreaming and praying, God, I'm faithful here. I'm working for you here. Could you help a brother out? Just want one baby. Just want this one thing. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you something. When man is impotent, God is omnipotent. He's all-powerful. When woman is barren, God still blesses. For those in this room that are longing for something that you can't seem to get a hold of, El Shaddai is here today, the God that satisfies. And God's power is able to satisfy your longing. I want you to settle the matter today that God is El Shaddai, the God that satisfies me. And He is able and has enough power to satisfy me, and He Himself is enough. In fact, He Himself is more than enough. Come on, say more than enough one more time for me today. God, El Shaddai, is not only enough, He is more than enough. And he will supply and he will satisfy the craving and the longing in our hearts and in our spirits. Yeah. 
Makes me think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Daniel chapter 3, you can go there later. Of course, there's, an, there's a, a law that's passed. Everybody's got to bow. And they say, we will not bow. And so they say, now then you're going to be thrown into the fiery furnace. You all remember this story? So here they are standing before the king. And they say, let it be known. Our God is able to deliver us out of this fire. And I love what it says in verse 18. But even if he doesn't. Is it 18? But if not, it it reads like this in the New King James. I think the NIV says, but even if he doesn't. Wow. God, help us to get to that place of, I know you're able. I know you've got the ability. I know you've got the power. But even even if you don't. They didn't know how things were going to turn out. For all they knew, they were going to burn in the fire. Because clearly, God did not prevent them from going into the furnace. Oh, we like when God shuts the mouths of the lions and God prevents us from even having to go into the fire. But there's sometimes in our life, God says, I'm going to let you go ahead and go through the fire and see if you'll trust me through the fire. Somebody say, through the fire. We don't always get to to take the side road and sidestep the fire. Sometimes we've got to go through the fire into the furnace and see if we can trust God then. Knowing that he is El Shaddai, the God that satisfies me, no matter if he does things the way I want or the way I think he should or not. They went through the fire. But he said, I'll go with you. See, he said he'd never leave us and he'd never forsake us. So let me tell you something today, men and women of God, students of God. If you have to go into the fire, if you have to go into the furnace, know this today. You're not going alone. Jesus goes with you. In fact, the the king says, "Uh, didn't you just throw three in? But it looks like I see four in the fire. And one of them looks a little bit like the son of God. Settle in your heart today the ability of God. God is able. God has enough power to do whatever needs to be done. They didn't know if God would deliver them. They knew he was powerful enough to deliver them. But could they find satisfaction even if they had to go through the fire, even if they had to go in the the furnace? You see, sometimes satisfaction comes from simply trusting in El Shaddai. Trusting in El Shaddai and resting in him. Look at verse number one again. This last portion just has leaped up off the page and leaped up in my heart. That's why I'm asking you to highlight this. That's why I'm asking you point arrows to it. Put an asterisk by it. Do something. I am almighty God. Settle it. All power. Omnipotent. Now, walk before me. And be blameless. No matter what God does or when he does it, just keep walking before him. He's all powerful. He's almighty. Just keep walking and be blameless. What if God doesn't deliver you from the fire? Can you trust in El Shaddai to satisfy? What if God doesn't cause you to conceive? Can you trust El Shaddai and still be satisfied? 
What if God doesn't provide like you want? What if God doesn't move when you want? Will you still trust in the power of El Shaddai, I ask you today? Because God can satisfy you right where you are. Don't wait till that someday comes. Learn his name now. Know who he is now. Find your satisfaction in El Shaddai. He is the God that satisfies and he is more than enough. But you're thinking, thank you. Somebody else shout me down over here. You're thinking, yeah, but I thought he's going to do it here. I thought he was going to do it here. Well, you ready for this? God's timing is at your timing. <laughs> Bring up point two for me. I want you to keep this in mind as you learn to know El Shaddai. Remember his perfect timing. God's timing is at my timing. God's timing is at your timing. God's timing is God's timing. And God's timing is perfect timing. God's never late, but he's seldom early. I know for me, Richard, I, I, there's been many times I said, God, I wish, you'd, I wish you'd hurry up. I've suffered like this long enough. Well, maybe not. Only God knows if you've really suffered long enough. <laughs> I mean, it's, maybe you haven't learned the lesson that God wants you to learn. See, it came to a point that Abraham didn't have any potency. He was past the point of potency. Maybe that's exactly what God wanted, the place that God wanted to get him. All of his potency, all of Abraham's potency was gone. I don't even have the power. I don't have the ability anymore, God. That season passed. But God's power never diminishes, see? God's always got the potency because he's omnipotent, all-powerful. So at any point, God doesn't change. Our potency will wane and decrease. God's never, God's never does. <laughs> never does. His timing. Let me, let me talk to you just a few minutes about his timing. When Abram, look at this, was 99 years old. <laughs> uh, really? Really? 99, he was clearly, Abram, Abraham, you care if I just keep calling him Abraham? He's right in the middle of the name change. <laughs> He's got an extreme makeover going on. Abraham, 99 years old, and his bride is 90. We find that out in another verse. 90, Sarah's 90. Clearly, both are past the point of ability to conceive and bear a child. Even for that era, even for that day. Now, Pastor Jojo, you know, here's a man of, of scholar and a theologian back here. If you don't know Pastor Jojo and Dolly, you've got to get to know this family. They're unbelievable. And he has a wealth of knowledge within him. You, you know that this era of time, Pastor, the, uh, they, they, had, they lived longer, and so they produced children even longer. But 99 even for that day, was past the point. So God's now, you know, saying some things again to him. He's like, God, it, I'm 99. 
I'm 99. My wife's 90. We're past the point. There's no way. I don't have the energy. I don't have the strength. I don't have the potency. The conversation actually started 24 years earlier. Let me, let me, let me rewind for you. Go back with me. If you've got your Bible, open it to verse uh, uh, chapter 12. Chapter 12, just real quick. Look at this. This is when this conversation started with God. The Lord said to Abram, verse 1, Get out of your country, get away from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Verse 2, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So, verse 4, Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. He's 75, now he's 99. Do the math. 24 years passed. By the way, let me interject, interject to you today that I do understand that Lot is Abraham's nephew and not his brother. Karen said, you kept on saying that Lot was Abraham's brother last week. I'm sorry. I apologize. I was thinking Abraham's brother's son, and I left off that last portion. So please don't think me to be a heretic. I understand Lot is Abraham's nephew. Are we clear here today? <clears throat> I get excited. I just get excited, and sometimes I speed past my thoughts. But thank God he helps me. 24 years. God made this covenant with Abraham, but it didn't come to pass for another 24 years. So Abraham thinks it's too late and even laughs at God when God tells him, now is the time. And in the meantime... Abraham tries to help God out, doesn't he? And he lies with Sarai's handmaiden. Y'all remember this? Thinks he's going to help God out. God waited too long, so I've got to get involved now, and I'm going to help the process along. Ishmael is born of Hagar, Sarah's handmaiden. This was not God's perfect plan but see, sometimes we want to help God out and we want, to get, we want to rush things along. We think God is delaying. We think God is waiting too long. And God's timing is not my timing. Come on, you keep ticking. You keep hitting your clock, hitting your watch and, and, and pacing the floor, wondering where God is, wondering why God hadn't done what he said he was going to do. Maybe, just maybe, it's not the right time because God's timing is perfect timing. Come on, somebody give me an A-OK -okay right here. It's perfect. Amen. God's timing is perfect. It's A-OK. -okay. Just rest in it. Trust in Him. He's never late. Seldom early. He's always right on time. So we learn to trust. That's why I just was, I was taken back to this song. Tis so sweet to trust in Him. We learn to trust in Him. And God gives us the grace to trust Him all the more. Trusting in Him. We trust in Him. And as we trust in Him, go back to this verse 1. Walk before Him and be blameless. We also must learn to wait on Him. I don't know of anybody who really likes this part. Waiting on anything. 
but waiting on God, that's hard. So we learn to wait on God. Now here's what I want you to, to really grasp if you get nothing else today of, of the words that I speak to you. We're wanting something. Karen and I were wanting something. We were wanting a baby. She miscarried. My sister got pregnant. Wouldn't you know it? So we're thinking, well, we, you know, we got pregnant and didn't even try. So if we try, we were going to get pregnant right away. I found out something. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. So now we're a little bit panicked, thinking, wow, maybe that was just a fluke. I don't know. Couldn't get pregnant for a little while. My sister gets pregnant. Everybody else getting pregnant. Always wanting this something. Longing for what God said he would do, but yet we hadn't seen it happen yet. Today, God tells you and introduces him to, himself to you as El Shaddai, the God that satisfies. And what I think he's saying to us is, I will satisfy you along your journey toward that something, that job, that baby, that, that whatever, that provision. We're on a journey. We want this. We long for this. And God says, well, could I just satisfy you all along the way? Don't wait on what you think is the ultimate point of satisfaction. Trust in El Shaddai right now and let him satisfy you right where you are. El Shaddai will walk with you. And as he walks with you and as you walk before him blameless, I believe you'll find your satisfaction in him. I love this scripture in Isaiah 40. They that wait on the Lord, verse 31 shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. At whatever point you are in your journey, the waiting, the standing, the walking, the running, the mounting, whatever it is, know El Shaddai today. Know the God that satisfies you today and learn to wait on Him. Because God has said something to you. God has made a covenant with you. God has had a conversation with you. God has promised you. Keep this in mind as you learn to know El Shaddai, his promises. The promises of El Shaddai, number three. This covenant that God initiated with Abraham some 24 years earlier is now starting to be fulfilled. Past the point, or so it seemed at least. See, God loves to get us past what we think is the point so he can display his almighty power and do something that couldn't be done in yourself. So God begins to talk to Abraham. Oh, I like that. Look at verse 3 real close. Then Abram fell on his face and God talked with him. When is the last time God talked with you? When is the last time you just sat before God and didn't say anything to him but only listened to him? Does God talk to you? Or do you do all the talking? If you're doing all the talking, that's not really a healthy conversation. That's not really a healthy relationship. 
Prayer is a matter of communication, and communicating is talking and listening. And I think too many times we get into God's presence, and all we do is talk. All we do is ask. All we do is petition. And I believe we ought to petition. I believe we ought to ask. But at some point, we need to close our mouths and open our ears and listen to God because I know that just as God talked to Abraham, God desires to talk to you. Maybe it's that Abraham fell before his face, fell on his face. When is the last time you actually laid before God? When is the last time you just fell before God and said, I'm not leaving here until you talk to me and until I hear your voice? Let me move on. God begins to talk to Abraham in verse number 3. And, and basically he's saying, remember all those things I said to you 24 years ago? Well, in case uh, you, you don't remember, let me refresh you. He said, I, I told you a few things 24 years ago, and they're about to happen right now. They're about to be fulfilled. They're about to unfold right now. And God starts a refresher course. Look at verse number 2. I will make my covenant between you and me. It's going to start now, and you're going to multiply, and, and it's going to be exceeding. I will multiply you. I will bless you. I will make you a great nation. But then something happens. Watch closely. Something shifts. He goes from saying, I will multiply you. I will bless you. I will. You shall. All of that verbiage suggests something that hasn't happened yet. Right? Look at verse 5. No longer shall your name be called Abram, you, but your name shall be Abraham. Watch this, for I have. Somebody say, I have. Uh-huh. For I have made you a father of many nations. God moves from promising to fulfilling. When he said, I have made you a father of many nations. A couple of Wednesdays ago, we're doing a study on, on miracles on Wednesday. If you have the time, join with us in this room every Wednesday for the next several weeks. We're, we're looking closely at the miracles performed at the hand of Jesus. I believe that you could have your miracle this year. Uh, uh, you could have your miracle any time because God still does it. John chapter 2, we saw the very first miracle that Jesus performed. In this miracle, Jesus turned the wedding water into wine. Do you remember this? It says that Mary, the mother of Jesus, was a guest of honor here. She possibly could have been involved in, in the preparation of the marriage. It could have been somebody related to her. We don't know. But it also tells us Jesus and his disciples were at this, at this wedding as well. So there's an issue that arises. There's a problem that arises at the wedding. The wine runs out. So Mary comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, all the wine is gone. And Jesus says, well, it's not my time right now. Leave me alone. And uh, she says, she looks at the servants in, in John chapter 2. She says, whatever he says to do, do that. So Jesus says, well, take the water pots. There were six of them. They each held about 30 gallons of water apiece. And he said, go and fill them with water. So the servants obeyed and they followed instructions. They filled the water pots with water. And then Jesus said, now take, take the, the, a goblet and, and take it to the governor or the master of the feast. So the servants draw out water. That's what the scripture tells us. 
They bring it to the governor, and the governor takes it to his lips and tastes, but he doesn't taste water. He tastes wine. And it was the very best that could ever be offered. And he even says, most serve the best at the beginning. You've saved the best till last. I don't know if it was the first step from the, the, the servants in their obedience and the water turned to wine. Maybe it was halfway to the governor. Maybe they passed off the goblet and it still had water in it, but as he took it to his mouth, it turned. We don't know. But my point is, somewhere things shifted. Somewhere things changed and it went from water into wine and a miracle occurred. It went from what it was to what God wanted it to be, what, it, what the promise, uh, the potential promise that it held into its fruition. Something happened here in, in God's vocabulary. He was saying to Abraham, I will do this. I will do this. You shall be this. And in verse number five, even God's verbiage changed. And now he says, I have made you. And the miracle and the promise and the covenant and the conversation all begins to unfold and begins to happen right before Abraham's very eyes. God began to fulfill the promises he had spoken to Abraham 24 years earlier. I believe that today somebody can go from God saying, I will do this, I will do this, you shall be that. It just may be that today God starts saying to somebody, I have done this, and everything turns for you, everything changes for you, and God starts unfolding that promise to you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hear him say, I have done it. This is the season now for all those things that I promised to you, all those things that I spoke to you that you have kept hidden in your heart and in your mind. Now is the time. Now is the season, says God. Hold fast to what God has promised to you. In 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. This particular passage is talking about the promise of the second coming. And I believe that there is that promise that will be fulfilled. And God is not slack concerning that promise. But I also believe that God is not slack concerning every promise that he has made to you. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 1 and 20. For all the promises in God are yes and amen to the glory of God. What God promised, he will do. Don't get discouraged when God delays. Don't get worried when you have to wait. Trust in El Shaddai. He is the God that satisfies you. Hallelujah. And while you wait, walk before him and be blameless. Pastor Moses, come. Let me give you this fourth aspect that I want you to keep in mind. Don't close your notebooks yet. The fourth aspect. It's the provision. Oh, we must talk about the conclusion here, the provision of it all. There's the provision of El Shaddai. You see, God did what he said he was going to do. God kept his word. God kept his covenant. God kept his promise. Sarah did, in fact, conceive. She also had a major transformation, didn't she? Because she wasn't always known as Sarah. She was originally known as Sarai. But she had a name change. And when God told her that she would conceive at the age of 90, she also laughed. But God did what he said he was going to do. 
he provided for Abraham and Sarah. And a son of promise was born. Does anybody remember his name? Isaac, yes. Isaac, the son of promise. God demonstrated his power as El Shaddai. In his own sweet and perfect time, he fulfilled the promises that he had spoken to Abraham years earlier. Providing Isaac, the son of promise. Now, when I speak of God as our provider, I've actually stepped into new territory. Because God, our provider, is no longer referred to as El Shaddai. Uh-huh. God, our provider, anybody know who God, our provider is? Jehovah Jireh. Woo! Now we're talking about Jehovah Jireh. The God that provides. Now, it's the same God functioning in a different role. It's kind of like Andy Taylor, Sheriff Andy Taylor. How many like the Andy Griffith show growing up? I still could watch that all day long. Andy's the sheriff until he needs to be the judge. And he just turns his nameplate around and the sheriff becomes judge. It's the same thing with God. He's El Shaddai, the God that satisfies, the God that is enough, the God that is more than enough. And on your journey toward Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides, God says, hang on a minute. You're missing me. You're missing who I am right here. I'm not going to show myself to you as Jehovah Jireh yet. So can you just get to know me as El Shaddai right now? I think we just want to get to this place of God providing for me. God, I want the breakthrough. I want the... God says, know me right here. I'll satisfy you. Without children, you can be satisfied. Without the, the perfect job, you can be satisfied by God. Naturally, we find satisfaction when we get the provision we've been praying for. Absolutely. But what if God doesn't heal you? not on earth I'm being honest right what if you never get that job that you were hoping for and praying for and believing for what if things don't turn out the way that you had planned instead of waiting on Jehovah Jireh to provide and then be satisfied let's know El Shaddai the God who satisfies all along the way there it is. There it is. That's it. That's the, the nugget right there, Pastor Dave. Right there. Because true satisfaction doesn't come from the things provided by Jehovah Jireh. Not necessarily. I'm talking about true satisfaction is found in El Shaddai. Just God. Just God being God. Almighty. All-powerful. God, I know you're able to deliver me out of this fire, but even if you don't. God, I know that in a, in a moment's time, you could, you could touch my wife's womb and she could conceive. I know that. But even if you don't, wow, 
I want to know how to trust you right here. Things seem like they're going to collapse on me, God. And I need you to do something. I need some things turned around. But I'm going to trust you as El Shaddai. And you'll find your satisfaction today. I believe that with all my heart. Bow your heads all across this room. I want to pray some, for some folks who are a little frustrated. You've been waiting on God. You've been hoping. You've been faithful. And yet you don't see the things that God has put in your heart and the words that God spoke to you maybe 24 years ago. So you've become frustrated. And you think it's past the point and past the time. Today God introduces you, himself to you, as El Shaddai. The God that satisfies you right where you are. If you're here today and you'd say, Pastor, that's me. I just want to know El Shaddai. I don't want to be frustrated anymore. Longing for something, hoping for something, uh, uh, planning on something that may not be. If that's you, I want you just to stand right where you are. Let me pray for you. God's calling you today. <laughs> Come on, don't miss this. Don't miss this. You're going to have great, great peace come over you. That's not to say we stop asking for the provision. I'm not suggesting that for one second. I still know that God is my healer. I still know that God is my provider. And so we continue to ask, yes. But while we're waiting, we're learning to trust, learning to lean, walking before him blameless. Just about 20 more seconds if you need to stand. Come on, do it right now. Hallelujah. Oh, we trust you today. God, we trust you. God, we trust you. We put our trust in you today. God, I stretch forth my hand over this congregation and these individuals who are standing now. Frustration can creep up in our lives. We're impatient, God. Longing for those things that haven't happened. I pray for your peace to just fall in this room. Let us, God, know that you are El Shaddai. And you will satisfy us right now. You're more than enough for us. Come on, if you're standing, lift your hands and receive the peace of God, the help of God, the strength of God. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name. Come on, everybody stand. Pastor Moses, lead us in this chorus. We trust you, El Shaddai. so sweet. Yes, yes. To trust in Jesus, just to take Him at His word, just to rest upon His promise, just to know, just to know the Savior. 
trust in Him. Trust in Him. Let Him satisfy you right where you are at this particular juncture of your journey from here to heaven. Amen. Please remember our life groups tonight. Get plugged in. If you don't have a, a, a life group, you can come tonight to the church. There's open chairs. I want you plugged in to the life groups. We need to be plugged in. Also, those who've been here six months or less, even if you didn't sign up, I would love to uh, have pizza with you today. It's on me. Uh, please just join us in this friendship room. Amen. Pastor Moses, dismiss us in prayer. Father, we thank you this morning, God, that you are more than all that we need. Father, I pray, God, that we would turn our eyes from wherever it may be, God, and that we would place them on you. Father, we thank you, God, that you uh, fill our deepest desire, God, and that you fill our satisfaction, God. Father, we put our trust in you this morning. Father, we thank you, God, once again. We give you all the praise and we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen.